Good morning, everyone. Let's stand together as we worship the Lord. We love you, Lord. We're going to sing your praises. We trust you. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me. You won't fail me now. same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Sing it with us. Yes, I will lift you high in the Lord's valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my Yes, I will. Let's sing one thing. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now. No waiting. The same God. Never late, just working on things out, working on things out. Sing out, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. say yes to you, God. Yes, we will. And we turn our hearts to you this morning, God, because it's all about you. We're here for this moment. 
God, just receive. Receive our worship. You were near, though I was distant. Disillusioned, I was lost and insecure. And still mercy for from my attention. You were waiting at the door. And I'll let you
love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for all you're doing. God, you're so good. I just sense your joy this morning and your love over us. I just sense your love, Jesus. Everyone in here would feel that. Your love that overcomes all. There's so, so many receptive hearts in here today. Ready to receive all that Jesus has. It's such a beautiful thing. I just sense his, his just love and joy over you. And I feel like there's a breakthrough in this room today. Those things that you've been praying for, that you've been believing for, for so long, some of these things have been an entire lifetime. Believing for your family's salvation. Believing for healing. Believing for deliverance from depression and anxiety. There's breakthrough today. Whether you see it today or, or tomorrow or the next day, it's coming. Don't let your hopes up. No, get your hopes up. <laughs> Don't let your hope fail is what I meant to say. Stir your faith. Believe for something new today. Because I feel with this receptiveness of your hearts that he's ready to pour it out. So just in your own voice, just sing out to him. Just ask him for what you're believing for. Just believe it. Just receive it. Oh, God, you're worthy. You're worthy. 
We get our hopes up. We get our hopes up. We believe, oh God, you're moving. You're moving here. We receive. We receive it in fullness. All you are. Thank you, Jesus. We receive. Oh, we receive. Cause there's nothing better. There's nothing better than your presence. We worship you, we worship you. God, you're so holy. You're so worthy. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, oh, you taste it and see. I've tasted and seen. Shame is undone. We release that your presence. Oh, you're welcome. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your
So let's just pause here for a moment. We're in no rush. We're engaging an unhurried pace right now, the pace of grace. Three mile per hour, God. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you, using the old English, you whelm us over. We want to be whelmed over by you. We want to be immersed into you and covered over by you. So, Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the promise of James chapter 4, verse 8. That if we will draw near to you, come close to you, if we will make a move toward you, you will draw near to us. You will come close to us. You will make a move toward us. So, Lord, by faith, we're here moving toward you and trusting and believing that your promises are true and that you are the ultimate promise keeper, that you're moving toward us. We welcome you and thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that in your presence is fullness of joy. And it is joy, Lord. It's joy in the midst of whatever is happening on this earth. It is joyful because of your presence. And we thank you for that. We breathe in that for a moment. We pause in it for a moment. We rest in it for a moment. If for anything, just to catch our breath in your presence, our source, our source. Thank you, Lord. Father, I'm asking a favor as a son. Would you literally release restoration over every person, whether they're in this building right now or whether they're watching online, but just restoration, rest, restoration over every person. Just restoring what the locusts have eaten, restoring what's been stolen, Restoring what's been taken away. Restoring what the enemy has ripped off. The thief who comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But oh, Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our Messiah, Jesus. The one who said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Have it abundantly. And so, Lord, we lean into that. We say, Lord, before you, we need you. We're desperate for you. We need you. We don't want to make another step without you. We don't want to keep gritting our teeth and trying on our own, Lord. We want to rest in you and receive from you that restoration, that grace. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. 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 You can be seated. Welcome to the bridge. My name is Jimmy Pruitt. I'm the lead pastor here. And 
<sighs> I'm still in that breath mode. I'm still, I'm still pausing. So, uh, wow, just so thankful for the Lord's presence today. And for those of you that are watching online, thanks for being with us. And again, my name is Jimmy Pruitt, I'm the lead pastor here. We welcome you right here into this place. And, and we're, our prayer for you, it it's, may sound odd, but we pray that wherever you're watching from, you'll experience the same atmosphere that we have the privilege of experiencing here and if you are one of us and you've been gone for a long time, uh, it's time to get out of those pajamas and come back to church. We want you to come back. We want to welcome you back and just say, come on, and if you can, if, you, if your health is at a good place where you can do that, we'd love to have you back. It's, 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 it's fun watching online, but there really is something about being here, and we do pray that wherever you're at, you'll experience something amazing right where you are. I do want you to participate with everything we're doing, you can um, get your elements together for communion in just a little bit. And, uh, and then also the words are on the screen, so sing along and follow along with your Bible. Take notes as we study God's Word today. But again, welcome. Thanks for being here. If you have any prayer requests or prayer needs, we want to pray with you. And you'll notice on the screen there is a prompt there. It's info at bridgefbg.com. You can email that in to us. We'll get that out to our prayer team, and we'll stand with you and pray with you. And help hold your arms up and fighting the good fight of faith. So again, thanks for being here. And for those of you that are here and our guests, welcome to the bridge. We're thrilled that you're here with us and you've taken this time to be with us. It means a ton to us, but it even means a lot more to Jesus. So thank you for being here today. If you are a first-time guest, we welcome our first-time guests with a hand clap. So let's clap for a guest. Thank you for being here. And Wendy's got a bag here. I just If you are a first-time guest, we have a little gift for you, and it's a bag, and it's got all kinds of goodies in there. And so uh, if you'll stop by our Connect Center on the way out, you can fill out a Connect card, and we'll get you a bag. Our awesome folks that are working that will we'll be glad to take that and, and just give you a bag. want to bless you and say thanks for being here, and we appreciate you. And just to let you know, always, uh, we want to continue to be in prayer, always. And Jesus said, my house is a house of preaching and teaching. Amen. Oh, wait a minute. No, he said, my house is a house of worship. Well, you can probably find that there too. But really what he said was, my house is a house, shall be called a house of prayer. And so we want to take a moment and pray. Uh, in fact, if you have a VIP card, go ahead and pull it out. And VIP stands for very important people or a very important person. And uh, there's 14 blanks on here. And we're praying for people. On one side, we write down the names of people that are near and dear to our heart. Who are pr and we're praying for a reconnect. For whatever reason, life's happened, they've gotten away. We want to see them reconnected. We want to see them with Jesus and growing and experiencing all they can in Christ. And the other side is we're praying for salvation, for people who don't know him to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Uh, so we can spend eternity partying together and enjoying what God's up to. Amen? So we want to pray for them. So if you have your VIP card, go ahead and pull it out. We're going to pray. Also, give you a heads up who we're going to pray for. Uh, we've been praying for different churches. But during COVID and all that, we just sort of lumped them all into one. But now we're going to start praying for a different church every week, as well as the other churches that are gathering. So I'm excited about this. There is a church, uh, it's a, a new church start here in Fredericksburg called Destiny Church. And Pastor Michael and Jennifer Bell I know Matt Bell, the older brother to Michael, he pastors Destiny Church in San Antonio. And so Matt and I got connected, had coffee together, we talked about this. And so his, bro his little brother Michael is over here and they're starting at church and they're meeting. And uh, so we want to pray for them. We want to pray God's blessings upon them. There's a lot of folks in Gillespie County in the area who don't know Jesus. Did you know that? 
And there is room for more churches. In fact, we want to see every church filled and overflowing with the people of God coming after God and, to use the old Tommy Tenney thing, chasing God, being God chasers together. And so let's lift up Pastor Michael and Jennifer, and then we'll also pray for the other churches. So if you would, pray with me. Father, we lift up uh, these people that are on our VIP card. These are very important people. They're near and dear to our heart. And so we hold them up, Lord. We pray for those who are away from you that they will come home. We pray for those who don't know you that they'll come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And every name on this card represents not only that individual, but families and their community that they're connected to. And for their sake, we pray, God, bring them home and hold them up to you. Thank you for the privilege of intercession on their behalf. Father, we also want to pray for Michael, Pastor Michael and Jennifer Bell who are coming over here from San Antonio and planting Destiny Church. Father, we pray for blessing upon them, for open doors of favor. And God, we know that you call people into, into specific fellowships and communities of people. We know there's one church here, but we know there are a lot of different expressions. And so Destiny is yet another welcome expression in our community. So we hold them up, ask you to open doors for them, bless them with resources and all the logistics that have to happen to, in a new church startup. Encourage them, Lord. And for those that you've called to be there, God, pray that they would hear your clarion call to come and plug in and make a hand. So we hold them up. And for all the other churches, Lord, in our community who we love and bless and appreciate, we hold them up as they gather this morning and that they too would sense such a sweet presence, a presence like we're enjoying right now in their atmosphere. Encourage and bless them, Lord. We also pray for our nation, Lord. Father, your word tells us that we're to pray for those in authority that we're to hold them up and pray and trust, God, that you are working in them and through them. And so, Lord, we're called to pray for our president. We're called to pray, the scripture says, our king. But we pray for our president, God, and we pray for justice. We pray for righteousness to rule and reign. We pray for salvation and for an open heart to Jesus and righteousness and that which is right and appropriate, Lord. We pray for that in our, in our civil government, Lord. Father, they carry civil government on their shoulders, but we carry spiritual government on ours. And so, Lord, we stand in the place of intercession for our nation. And, God, we would ask that our nation would once be again be one nation under God, indivisible, undividable, non-divisive, and with liberty and justice for literally all. So we pray that for our nation. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen and amen. Thank you for being in prayer with me. Also, our safety team loves it when I do this. So if you'll notice, there's exits right there on either door. They're marked, and then we have an exit right behind. You can see the light coming in there behind the booth. And then through those double doors out there, there's more exits. We appreciate our safety team, and they, I know that helps them. Also, just to let you know what's going on, super excited about this. Do we have any men in the house? I'm just curious. Three. Three men in the house. Praise God. Ladies, thank you for being here today. No, come on. Do we have any men in the house? Okay, it's a little better. Thank you, Carrie. He has a little advent advantage there. So thank you. Listen, all calling all men. We're doing our first men's breakfast. Super excited about this. Pastor Jason is going to lead us out on this. Men's breakfast on Saturday, March 27th from 9 a.m. to 10.30. I made a mistake last week. He said, yeah, don't sign up. Just come on. That was wrong. So we need you to sign up. Go to, thank you very much for that. 
go to uh, go online at uh, bridgefbg.com and you can sign up there. Click under events, or you can register right here uh, at the Connect Center. Either way, but we need you to come and we need you to be here. This this is going to be awesome. We're going to have a great time, and this is kind of a kickoff into something we see God leading us into for men's ministry. It's time, and so let's do that together. Also, ladies, let me ask a favor. Would you get your men there, please? I mean, the men are going to forget. It's 9 o'clock, ladies, and so just make sure they know that. Listen, I'm just talking from experience here personally. So ministry highlight, we always want to be grateful for who uh, is serving us. We, we've highlighted our children's ministry, our student ministry. I want to highlight our production arts team. If you would give those guys back there a big hand clap. What they do is amazing, and just by the way, literally, we couldn't do what we do if they weren't back there pushing buttons, sliding things, and I mean, it's amazing what they do to make this happen, and so we appreciate it. However, we, we will always make room for more, so if you have technology experience, maybe even sound experience or lighting, we, we would love for you to join our team and be a part. In fact, if you're interested in that at any level, you'll need to talk to Pastor Russ right here. Pastor Russ is over all the worship and production arts, and uh, just look him up, talk to him. You can go to our, our, page, our staff page on our website and contact him through that. But either way, we'd love to have you come and be a part of our production team. One more hand for those guys because they're amazing. We love them. Thank you. Also, Easter is April 4th. Can you believe it's already here? I mean, we're literally here. Now, last year was the weirdest Easter of my lifetime uh, because we were online only. And so that was a really bizarre season. But the year before, we had over 700 or right at 700 people here. So here's the thing. We're going to do two services this year instead of three, but we're going to pack more chairs and then we're going to open up this side wing over here. So here's what we need. We need your help. We need some of you, maybe a lot of you, to come to the first service at 9 a.m. It's not sunrise. Don't panic. 9 a.m. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of sunrise. They're beautiful, but anyway, I'll just come at 9 o'clock. So come to the 9 o'clock service. What we're going to do is we're going to create more space and more room for guests because we'll have a lot of guests here that weekend, and we want to make room for them and uh, just give them a place where they feel right at home and they can come and have a place to sit without having to go back in that wing over there. So anyway, if you can, we'd love for you to help us do that. But again, April 4th is coming up. So, man, we get to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And one of my favorite topics is living out of the resurrection. Come on, family. I love the cross. I'm thankful for the cross, but I'm even more grateful for the resurrection because that's where it happens. So anyway, we'll, we'll do that on April 4th. All right. So... My favorite part of the service, this is where we come and we celebrate our union with Jesus. And we participate in communion together as a family. For those of you online, I want to welcome you and invite you to have your elements ready as well and participate with us. If you're here and uh, you did not or were not able to pick up a communion cup, if you'll raise your hand, we will get one of these to you. And just to let you know, we practice open communion here at the bridge and Jesus' table was pretty open, so we keep it open as well. So feel free to participate with us. And so if you lift up your hand, we'll get those elements to you. All you got to do, just keep your hands up high because they'll make their way down here. They're making their way this way. So if you'll do that, just be patient. Now, when you do get that, just to help you out, a little housekeeping here, if you'll peel the clear top layer first, clear top layer first, then the gold layer, 
which has the juice in it, so be careful with that. So there we go. So last week I touched on something that has been I've been mulling over my mind because it has been really has ministered to me, and it's this. The scripture that we use and we talk about says this, that on the night before he was betrayed, it says that Jesus was with his disciples. Now, I want you to think about this little word, with. It doesn't say his disciples were with Jesus. It says Jesus was with his disciples. In other words, the subject is not the disciples. The subject is Jesus. And the fact that Jesus was with them tells me this. He is with us. The name that was given the, the child, Emmanuel, it means God with us. It doesn't mean us with God. We have a tendency to get things out of order sometimes. We don't mean to do that, but we do. But I want you to think in terms of this, that as we approach communion, celebrating our oneness with him, our union with him, he is with us first. Now, yes, we are with him. Of course we are. But the fact that he is Emmanuel, God with us, ministers to my soul. Are you in pain right now? I want you to know something. He is with you. Are you disappointed? Disillusioned? Discouraged? He is with you. Do you feel like you're poor in spirit? The first be attitude, the be attitude, the first one is blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you're poor in spirit, let me tell you something. He's with you. Wherever you at, wherever situation you find yourself in right now, he is with you. Are things going great? Are you hitting on all eight cylinders? Are you on the mountaintop? I want to come hang out with you. And I want you to know something. He's with you there too. See, wherever we are, he's there. He was with his disciples. Can we celebrate that this morning? On the night before he was betrayed, he was with his disciples. And he picks up a piece of bread off the table and he says... This is my body given for you. Given, not taken, given. Then he takes a common cup. You can see it on the screen. Something similar to that, just a common cup. It had wine in it. He holds it up before them and he says, this is my blood. It's going to be spilled out for you. It's going to be for the removal, the remission of sins. His blood for our sins. The one that is with us gave the very best he had for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus being with his disciples. And thank you that Jesus is with us. Thank you, Father, that through and by your spirit whelming us over, you too are with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you. Thank you. We recognized our, our union with Jesus, even in this moment. That while he is with us, we too are with him. We are grateful. Thank you for being with us.
And so, Lord, we partake of these elements to remember Jesus and to say thank you. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. You'll hang on to these for just a moment. We're going to, our guys are going to come around. We appreciate Don and David and got lots of guys back here helping out. So they're going to bring trash receptacles around if you'll put that in there. Now we also want to dismiss our children to their classes, the Bridge Kids classes. So let's pray for our children right now while those guys are coming around. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for our children as they go to their classes. Father, would you encourage them, bless them. God, give our teachers, just anoint them and empower them to teach well that which you've given them. Lord, encourage them. And for our helpers and facilitators, bless them and encourage them. Father, may we lift these children, do our part to lift them above the fray of this world and protect the destiny that you imparted to them, the future and the hope that is in them. We bless them. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Let's pray for our, or clap for our children as they go to their classes. While they're doing that, we turn the corner here to also continue in a spirit of worship, in generosity, and in giving. And I, we're going to show you on the screen what I get excited about in terms of giving. First of all, always remember this. You don't give to the church. You give through the church. And in a very real sense, we're kind of a distribution center clearinghouse for the things that God has led us in to support. In fact, You'll notice on the screen those names that are up there. There's two screens worth, and these are people that we have the privilege of supporting and resourcing and helping and partnering with uh, all that they're doing to make a difference. And in the world, in Mexico, in Africa, all over the world, lives are being touched because of what you do in your giving. And I want to say thank you for your consistent and your substantial giving. And we are so blessed, so blessed to walk with you. In our giving, if you'll notice, there's black boxes around the worship center. Uh, we're going to be dismissed to go give your tithes, your offerings. If you'll pray a blessing over it before you throw it in there, that's beautiful. We appreciate that. Those of you who give online, thank you. But we're going to worship. This is in the context of worship as we give and as we sow. So I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet, if you would, and let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for the privilege of giving. We give, Lord, out of gratitude and out of the depths of our heart, Lord, because you have given us so much. We are truly a blessed people. And Father, we pray for these ministries that we get to support. We are blessed to do that. And thank you, God, that lives are being touched and impacted around the world probably more than we will ever be able to comprehend because of what you're doing through these ministries and these ministers. Bless them, encourage them today, even in our giving. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Let's worship. to flame we need a friend 
Boy, oh. 
Thank you for whelming us over with your presence, with your spirit. And even now, Lord, I would ask for a favor that by your spirit, the spirit of truth who leads us and guides us into all truth, that you would open our eyes that we may see, our ears that we may hear, and our hearts that we may know the truth that makes us free. So, Lord, we lean into and receive your word, Lord. Father, what is it you want us to learn today? What is it that you have for us today? We're listening, we're open, and we're ready. Our hearts are prepared. Our minds are alert. We're engaged with you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. You can be seated if you'll turn your attention to the screen. So for weeks we've been talking about redigging the wells, going back and finding places that gave us life. Now we're going to shift gears just a little bit. We're going to engage one of the greatest discourses in the Bible, in the Scripture, and that is the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to begin with the Beatitudes. Now I like to say the Beatitudes because really what we're talking about is an attitude of being, not just an attitude of doing. It's sort of the difference between the idea of changing and growing. In fact, for most people, we like the idea of change because change is typically a pivot. It's like an instantaneous thing that happens, whereas growth is, in the words of Dallas Willard, long obedience in one direction. I mean, you want to know how to not sell a book? Title it, Long Obedience in One Direction. Because in America, in our Western mindset, there's a tendency in us to think, oh my gosh, if that's going to take more than 30 seconds, if I have to write more than 140 characters, if, if, it, if I can't have it in the, in the span of three and a half minutes, and I'm talking about microwave popcorn at this moment, if I can't have it quick, then I don't want it. Because we've conditioned ourselves to be fast, to be quick, to be epic, to be bigger, to be more. And change is all about that. There's not a person in this room who doesn't get excited when the Amazon Prime truck stop, doesn't, stops in front of your house. 
For me, back in the day, it was a little brown truck when I was buying and selling a lot of guitars. I would get excited when the little brown truck rolled up, the UPS bus a truck. I get super fired up about that. Why? Because we like things new. We like change. And unfortunately and dangerously, we've been so conditioned to this in the West that anything that takes time is going to be difficult for us to engage. And when I say us, notice I'm pointing, it's going to be hard for us to engage because we want it quick. We want it fast. So to counter this, Annette and I decided to read through the Bible, not in 90 days, but two years. We're on day like 415-ish right now, and we've stayed with it for two years. And we're taking our time, and I'm telling you, for the first time reading through the Bible, I'm getting something out of it. I'm not just checking the box. I'm not just getting, you know, making sure, okay, I got that done. I can click my version box. Now I'm going to the next thing and keep moving. Instead, we're going slow enough that we're getting something out of it. Long obedience in one direction. The difference between growth and change is huge. It's monumental. It is a mindset. It's a mentality. And it's simply this. I'm willing to do the hard work in order to grow as opposed to getting a, a snap change moment. Although I value snap change moments, by the way. So don't, don't misunderstand. It's just let's get the horse in front of the cart instead of the cart in front of the horse. So when we talk about something that Jesus is talking about, which is the most practical sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, which, by the way, the mount that the Sermon on the Mount was preached from, it's right on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. is really a lake, the Lake of Galilee, right up from Capernaum, which is where Jesus did most of his ministry. When Jesus would withdraw from the crowds to go into the wilderness, guess where he went? to that same ridge, that same spot where the Sermon on the Mount was preached. Why? Because it's absolutely stunning there. We had the privilege of going there years ago. And as we stood on that ridge looking over the Sea of Galilee, we were like, it blew every conception I had, misconception I had, of Israel because all I'd ever seen, all I'd saw was like uh, desert, rocky hills with no life. And yet, up in the northern kingdom, the northern areas of Cana and that area, it's absolutely stunning. In fact, there are resorts built on the shores of the Lake of Galilee because it's so beautiful. No wonder Jesus was inspired by his father's handiwork as he stood out. And that's the place he would go to to get away and pray. So, it kind of makes sense that it's the same place he would go to in order to teach and give one of the greatest discourses we've ever had on the planet, the Sermon on the Mount. So he goes up there, and with his people, he sits down. There's crowds of people strewn all over the hillside, and he takes a seat because the teacher, the rabbi, would teach sitting down, typically not standing up. And so the Bible says he took a seat, and when he was seated, among the crowd, his disciples came to him. That was his inner circle as they came up to him, and we see the beginning, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, greatest discourse ever preached, and it's interesting what he starts with. We're going to read that in just a minute. Bigger, better, more epic. Back in the 2000s, 1990s and 2000s, 
Churches got caught up into some gimmick stuff. I'm just saying, every sermon had an illustration. We were blowing stuff up. We were driving cars out onto the stage. When Ed Young Jr. up at Fellowship at Church in uh, Grapevine, Dallas, Fort Worth area, drove a Corvette out onto the stage and preached a sermon around this Corvette, every preacher on the planet was like, I got to go bigger. I got to do something. I got to keep up. And there was this pressure and pull to be bigger, better, more. Because we got to affect change. We got to impact change. And we left the idea of growth behind. Growing people, growing individuals, growing a life, growing disciples. And I remember we, I got caught up in it just like everybody else. So we couldn't fit a Corvette on our stage, nor did I know anyone who owned one at the time. But I did have a friend that had a Kawasaki Ninja. And I'm telling you, it had been tricked out. This thing was fast. He would race it at the drag race course. He, I mean, he, and then he would dress up. He looked like Iron Man. I mean, when he was dressed up, he looked like Mad Max. I mean, when he was dressed up, he looked sharp. He had all the stuff. This beautiful, big Kawasaki Ninja. So I went to Jeff. I said, Jeff, I got this idea. I said, I'm going to preach using the motorcycle. And the parts of the motorcycle is points to the message, the foot pegs, the brakes, the throttle, the accelerator. He was like, oh, man, that's awesome. I said, all I need you to do is bring your motorcycle in the building, down the hall, just outside the doors, and when, when we cue you, I want you to start it up. I want you to rev it up. I want to make some noise. I had no idea how loud <laughs> this would be. This is another problem with gimmicks and tricks. Unless you really work them out, you never know what's going to happen. So, so I, we had it all set up. He's rolling it down while we're, we're wrapping up worship. He's rolling it down the hallway. And he's, again, he looks like Iron Man. Kids are coming out of the hall, the classrooms going, what is going on? And he pulls it up at the back doors. Nobody knows this is about to happen. And, uh, and when, <laughs> this is how gimmicky we were. It was the song, Kickstart Your Heart by Motley Crue. <laughs> that when I gave the signal, this rocking music comes on, 90s hair metal band stuff. And then you hear this motorcycle fire up in the hallway, and it is loud. I mean, ear-shattering loud because he had it tricked out. So he had no, no proper mufflers on it. So he is... Now, what we didn't compensate for was the sheer amount of carbon monoxide and smoke <laughs> this thing would produce. So I have to tell you, when it first started, it was epic. Man, you hear the sound. It's the music's going. Everybody's like, what is going on? And we had a full house like this, and the doors open up, and there he is, man, in full regalia. He's looking bad to the bone, and he's revving it up, and the whole hallway is filled with carbon monoxide. <laughs> but it looked awesome because we'd cut the lights down. So he rides it down like a round like this, and then he parks it in front and completely fills the worship center with carbon monoxide. <laughs> It was like, people start coughing and choking and gagging. I'm just like, oh my gosh, there will be injuries. There could be lawsuits. I mean, it's just like, and then finally, some of my elders had the presence. We had side doors to open the doors, and it finally waffled out. We moved on forward. So that was my, my venture into gimmicks. Well, it wasn't the only one. We tried some other things, but I'll save those for another time where there were injuries. But that's for another time. The whole idea was is we wanted to affect change. We wanted impact over influence. You know, it's not impact that created the Grand Canyon. It was influence. It was a river. 
that continued to flow continuously for thousands and thousands and thousands upon thousands of years. To the influence, not the impact. An impact breaks things. Influence forms things. And what God desires for you, family, and for us, and for me, is for spiritual formation, not just impact, not just change for the sake of change. Not, not because we just want a dopamine dump, like when the prime truck rolls up. That's the dopamine you're feeling there. That's that fight. Ah, here it is. I don't even remember. I've ordered so much stuff. I don't even remember what this is. I mean, you just, you're running like a child at Christmas running to the door. You're just thinking, hey, thank you. You're awesome. You know, that's dopamine pumping through your system. It's a feel-good hormone that we get addicted to. And marketing experts know this all too well. They can get us addicted to our own dopamine. Then we'll continue to look for ways to create it, to change, experience, bigger, better, more. That's why Jesus comes in at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount and deals with the heart, with the mind. Listen to this. I'm calling this the heart of Jesus because really as we move into seeing what he preached and what he did with a very practical sermon, he starts with this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. That's that ridge I was telling you about, overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. So he had an inner circle and then a lot of people strewn out on the hill. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, and we're just going to stick with this one today, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you do a little word study on this and you dive into the etymology of these words, you dive into the original language of this word, you're going to find a couple of things. First of all, you're going to find this. Poor in spirit doesn't mean in poverty outwardly. In fact, what it literally means is that it's a person that is so desperate for God and so needy towards Him. And they have an actual understanding. I need God or else. I shared a story about our friend that, that she had mentioned in one of our groups that she didn't have the luxury of not listening to worship music 24-7 and having it going in her house because she said, without his presence, without him, I can't make it. She was suffering from a lot of depression and various things that had happened and a lot of damage and trauma from her past was haunting her. And she said, if I am not connected to the vine continuously, I won't make it. You know what that is? That's poor in spirit. And that is what Jesus is saying. He's saying those that are poor in spirit, that need him, that are desperate for him, that want him. He's saying these are the people who are blessed. What does the word blessed mean? It means to be in a place of favor. It means to actually be happy. It means that literally blessed are you, happy are you, positioned are you in the place of blessing. By the way, the word beatitude literally means blessings. Blessedness is what it literally means. So when we talk about the beatitudes, we're talking about the place of blessing. In the first place, he enumerates is poor in spirit, which is the opposite of arrogant in spirit. 
that person that is so understanding, I have to have him or I won't make it. He's saying that is a place of blessing. Now, I want to take you to another story, and we're going to read this through, and it will be one that is probably familiar. Luke chapter 8, verse 42. If you're reading in your own Bible, you can turn there. If not, we'll have it on the screen. Listen to this, verse 42. As Jesus was on his way, which we know that Jesus was always going somewhere, but notice he was always going at three miles per hour. That's why I call it a three-mile-per-hour God. He wasn't rushing. He wasn't running. He was on his way. And as he was on his way, look what it says. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. Make a note here. It's actually Dr. Luke, a physician, who wrote this account of the gospel. He's a detail guy, as most physicians are. Probably couldn't read his writing, but I'm telling you, he's going to give you the facts, Jack. You know what I'm saying? And so here it is. He's, he's saying this is what's happening. And look what he says about the crowds that were around him. Picture the scene. All right? Picture Teen Beat magazine and the rock star getting out of the limo and all of these people thronging them, just crushing them. This is Jesus as he was on his way. Luke says the crowds almost crushed him. Can you just picture that? They were so wanting to be around him, so wanting to be near him. They were thronging him. They were a throng. They were like mauling him. And look what happens. There's a woman who was there, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And this is from a doctor's perspective. No one could heal her. 12 years. Some speculate and some scholars say she could possibly have been a victim of hemophilia, which means she's a free bleeder, which means a bump on my arm would do nothing. A bump on her arm would create a horrific bruise. But even more than that, a fall could be fatal. A blow to the head could be fatal. And if that's true, that she's a hemophiliac, she's standing there watching a crowd of people maul Jesus, but in her mind, she's thinking, if I can somehow get to him, if I can somehow, how could I even get through that crowd to get to Jesus? <laughs> I just had a thought, it's just, hot off the press. But isn't that sometimes like the church? We're so protective of Jesus. We're so around him. We create this bubble that no one from the outside can even get to him sometimes. Just a thought. That place where she was was the place of being poor in spirit. She understood if I can only get to him, I need him. That is poor in spirit. Verse 44, look what happens. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Before we move forward, understand what she just did. She took a gamble on her life to get to Jesus. If there's a crowd thronging him, mauling him, almost crushing him, as Dr. Luke says, then for her to get to Jesus, she had to count the cost because what if she tried to get to him and she took a blow or got trampled by the crowd? In a very real sense, she was burning the ships and saying, I'm going all in. Can you imagine what would have happened if she got to him and even was able to get to the hem of his garment and nothing happened? Have you ever prayed and nothing happened? 
What if she got there and nothing happened? She literally put everything, her life, on the line just to get to him. Hoping, trusting, believing that when she got to him, something would happen. That is to be poor in spirit. And Jesus says about that person, they, they will have the kingdom of God. They will have the kingdom of God. The word kingdom literally means the king's domain. It's the place where the king rules, God being our king. The kingdom of heaven means the place where the king rules, his domain in our own heart, in our own life. That's what the kingdom is. We throw that word around and assume everyone knows it, but we don't. It means the place where Jesus rules and reigns. That means your heart, your life. Your mentality, your spirit, everything about you is the kingdom, the place of the kingdom, the king's domain. So she threw everything to the wind and went, all caution. Interesting thing that happens. Does this not sound like a weird question when you've got a mauling crowd around you? Who touched me? I mean, think about it. 50, 60, 70 people mauling him, and Jesus goes, wait a minute, who touched me? And they're all going, well, it was him, it was him, it was her, it was, you know, everybody. But look what happens. This is wild. Who touched me, Jesus asked, when they all denied it. What? They're all over him. But everybody jumps back when he calls it out. Boy, is that not like human nature? Oh, I didn't do anything. Hey, not me. Officer, I wasn't speeding. But officer, what about all those other people speeding? Why did you stop me? They passed me. We always deflect. We always deflect. What about them? When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. Peter said, you know, Peter, he's going to say it. He's just going to get it out there. Captain Obvious right here, wait, you know, everybody here is, you're, you're being crowded and pressed. But Jesus said, listen to this, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. You ever been walking in the dark at night and you reach for a light switch and a spark, static electricity comes off of there and zaps you? Anybody here? I mean, at night you can see it, which is a little weird. What happens? Something gets discharged. Something, power is discharged in that moment. Something happened when she touched Jesus, there was a discharge of power dunamis. Something was released in that moment. And he's like, yeah, I know everybody's touching me, but somebody touched me. And power was released. He recognized that there was a discharge of dunamis, power. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, probably because she was freaking out, oh my gosh, I've been healed, says she came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then Jesus called her out, rebuked her and embarrassed her and humiliated her in front of everyone, right? <laughs> not my Jesus. Maybe somebody's religious Jesus, but not mine. Not mine, family. Not mine, not the one I know. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. 
go in, if he was speaking Hebrew, he would have said shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Whole. Whole. Complete. Total. But he said it in probably Greek, and it's the word irene, which is actually the parallel of shalom in the Hebrew. So he's telling her, you go in your peace, in your wholeness, in your completeness, in your healing, and enjoy it. He released her to enjoy the gift she had received. What that is, family, is being poor in spirit. And he says, the kingdom is yours. So my question for you today is this. Are you poor in spirit? Do you need him? Are things pretty okay and you could probably make it all right without him? Now ask that out of kindness, not out of condemnation. Please hear my heart. I'm concerned that there's a lot of people that follow Jesus like a fan. He's amazing. I love Jesus. Don't you? Yeah, I love Jesus. Awesome. Jesus Christ superstar. He's amazing. He is cool. But the question has to come back, but do you know him personally? Do you walk with him? Are you poor in spirit to where you need him and you recognize it? I can't do this thing on my own. I can learn every trick, every technique, every, and there's a bunch of them out there. But ultimately, they will not fill the hole in my soul, the God-shaped vacuum inside of me. Only one thing will fill that. That is the person of Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning, and you would say, yeah, I know about him. I, man, I'm a huge fan of Jesus. But the question is, are you a follower of Jesus. Not a fan, but a follower. Do you know him? And if you're coming to a conclusion right now, wow, I'm not sure that I do, then I want to invite you to do something. Do what that lady did, burn the ships. And take a step. He promises us. I quoted James 4 8 earlier during the prayer. If we will draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. We take a step, he takes a step. But he's asking for us to take a step. To come close, to draw near. So my invitation, which I believe is his invitation, is to come to him. So we're going to have some elders up here and some team staff that's going to be up here. And we're going to worship. And as we finish our worship, I'll pray at the end. And I'm going to invite anyone here who's ready to take that step and in a sense burn the ships and say, I want to go all in because I need the hem of his garment. I need him. And let me tell you something. The place of being poor in spirit, according to Jesus' first point of his sermon, is the place of being blessed. That's where the blessing lies. Are you in pain? You're blessed. By the way, she was blessed before she got her healing because she was poor in spirit then. I want to invite our worship team to make their way up. Would you go ahead and bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going all Southern Baptist on you this morning. That's my heritage. 
We're not going to do all 20 stanzas of Just As I Am, but we'll take some time here in worship. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we honor you. Oh, Lord, you're so good. Our confession today is, Lord, we need you. We can't do it without you, nor do we want to. <laughs> but we need you. I pray for every one of my friends here, every one of my family here, my brothers, my sisters, my family here. That Father, if we're not quite there, that we would have the courage to take a step to draw near. Father, we worship you and we invite you to wellness over in this moment. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Let's go out with worship and celebration.
strongholds not be moved, will spirits not be silenced, and cower at his rule, come on, for if my God is for me, then what if I to fear, and I will not deny him the glory that is his, and then not Strongholds not be moved, the spirits not be silenced, and cower at its rule. For if my God is for me, then what am I to fear? And I will not deny Him the glory that is His. Heaven will prevail. Oh, and strongholds. Father, we trust in the one word from you, Lord, the one word from you that shifts our growth trajectory. We lean into that and we welcome your work in our lives. And for wherever each one of us is on the path and on the journey, Lord, Father, we bless that. We bless that and we celebrate movement and growth, whether it's a millimeter or a mile. We celebrate every bit that comes. So today, Lord, Holy Spirit, seal what you have taught us. Seal what you are speaking to us. I pray that even in the night watches, we'll wake up thinking about it. We'll think about what you have for us, our poor, our poverty in spirit in the sense of being desperate for you and needy. God, Holy Spirit, teach us all through this week. Remind us of what you're saying and doing. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen. If anyone needs prayer, if you're here, you're ready to take a step, feel free to come talk to us.